1: Welcome to On The Bench. This is Brendan Sinone. Hail, hail, the gang's all here. Got Josh Schneuber, Chris Knee, Zach Blostein is uh, is awake. Hi, Sleeping Beauty.
2: What's up? I was just in class. I, I, I've been awake for a while. You're
1: going to bring the energy? I don't want that weirdo to be making fun of you again on the message board, and Josh and I have to come to defend your honor.
2: <laughs> We're bringing the full energy today.
1: All right. This is our fourth podcast in as many days. I hate four all of you four. right now. It's, stop saying that. We should do one tomorrow and just do a clean sweep five for five, right?
3: No. <laughs> hey, I'm driving to Tallahassee tomorrow, so I got four hours. Me and Brendan want to do a marathon pod tomorrow. I'm all for it.
1: We should do a podcast of your drive up. 75 minutes on 75. Yeah, there you go. It'll be a segment. We'll get it sponsored. It'll be a good time. No, we won't. Anyways. The iron skillet. There is... A ton to go over for today's episode of On the Bench, uh, so much so it's almost overwhelming. A lot of it's recruiting minutia, but there's a big official, well, a semi-big official visit weekend, but more so Junior Day is coming up. That's why Josh is joining us, gracing us with his presence. Uh, before we get into all the recruiting tidbits, I do want to go over a couple of newsy items. First off, Marcus Woodson hired as Florida State's defensive back coach. We, uh, we talked about it on yesterday's pod with Charles James, uh, if you guys haven't. Listen to Charles' interview yet with Josh and I? I recommend you go back and do so. Charles is really thoughtful and funny, and, uh, played for Coach Woodson at Charleston Southern about uh, almost a decade ago. So go back and listen to that. But I want to get your guys' thoughts on the hire of, of Coach Woodson. Chris, I'm going to start off with you. Get your thoughts on one, the process, how quick of a turnaround this was to replace TJ Rushing and, and the To me, it seems really, really impressive to get a guy of that caliber that quickly.
0: Well, from what we know, rushing walked out the door around 1 p.m. or so on Monday, officially leaving for Texas A&M. And by the end of Tuesday evening, Marcus Woodson was a guy. And Wednesday morning, it became semi-official with Woodson confirming it to us. Uh, It was quick. Still not officially, officially. Right. But Marcus Woodson's recruiting for FSU. Marcus Woodson was a guy that almost got hired the first go-around. He was definitely in the conversation when TJ Rushing was hired. He's a guy that FSU's Mike Norvell likes a lot. He's a good coach. He's an efficient coach. He knows the landscape. He's recruited at a high level. He's comfortable recruiting against the SEC. It's a good hire. He's a guy that's played the position and knows what he's doing.
1: Josh, what are your thoughts on the the Woodson hire? I know he's someone who you would kind of – well, let me ask you this, man. You had mentioned uh, maybe a month ago – the, like the, the, the OGs of the Memphis staff that coach Norvell was trying to get together, like the guys who are credited with building that program into what it became in recent years. Uh, I know Kenny Dillingham was one of the guys you had mentioned. What was coach Woodson on that list as well? If, if you remember that yeah, to
3: refresh people of the story that you're talking about a couple weeks ago, um, I said that I spoke to somebody over at Memphis, uh, the source is actually still at Memphis as we speak. And he told me that, um, I was just trying to pick his brain on, on some of the hires and some of the stuff going on. Cause at the time, um, I don't even think Fuller had been hired as the defensive coordinator yet. So, um, but we were talking and he told me the three names that I needed to watch were David Johnson, Marcus Woodson, and Dan Lanning. He said, those three guys, he'd been there with those guys. He said, those three guys are mainly responsible for building the Memphis team that we saw in 2019. Um, he said just recruiting, coaching, um, the attitude, the culture there, everything was, um, influenced by the three coaches that I named. So Marcus was one of them and the other is on staff as well. Uh, the only one not on staff would be Dan Lanning, but I talked to Marcus Woodson on Wednesday morning. So this was a quick turnaround because so, TJ rushing was out at what time on Monday like 1, p.m. 1 p.m. PM was when
1: like you were getting a text message and we started digging on it around noon, maybe around, a little bit after. No, it was about 1.30, because
0: it was right before. Let's
1: lunch. get into semantics
0: over the exact minute of it. Oh, it matters. No, it doesn't. <laughs> but my
3: right, point is, I spoke to Marcus Woodson on Wednesday morning at eight AM and he told me he had accepted the job. Um, he told me he had already accepted the job the night before. And only he, he didn't reply to any of our messages because, like, we were on it. We knew that this was most likely going down. Chris had reached out to Marcus a couple times with no reply. Um, I
1: did, too. He still hasn't replied. If you're listening, Marcus, I'm waiting. And yeah. on
3: Wednesday morning, we, you know, I called him and he said, hey, and he was almost apologetic. He said, um, I did accept the job yesterday. I just really wanted to speak to all my players and my recruits in person. Um, he's like, I I, I'm still working on doing that, but I understand your business and I understand how it works. So if you got to put something out, he's like, I'm going to go, I'm going to call these guys right away. And, um, yeah, we ran the story about a half hour later. Um, Mark has also told me one other big nugget is he will be on campus for junior day this weekend. That's big news because FSU has one hell of a junior day list coming in.
1: Spoiler. We'll, we'll talk about junior day in a little bit, uh, one question we've gotten on the message board a few times and uh, in various forms is, is coach Woodson an upgrade over TJ rushing? I, I don't, I think that his resume is better. Uh, it's more impressive, but what what I think is interesting uh, and that's been asked is, is why uh, they went with, with TJ rushing before coach Woodson, given his familiarity with coach Norvell, I believe that it was really a lot to do with continuity. They wanted someone that had worked with, coach uh, defensive coordinator adam fuller beforehand uh so that's the way it works out to me guys you know what's really impressive is how quickly it happened uh it just again is is further kind of affirmation and confirmation of, of what we believe about coach norvell and that's he has a really strong uh deep rolodex guys want to come coach for him and he manages in a day to go ahead and and poach auburn's defensive backs coach and recruiting coordinator it's it's impressive. Last thing I'll say about the coaching staff before we move on. Uh, do you gentlemen care to venture? How many coaches that are currently on FSU staff or recruiting coordinators uh, have some experience being a recording, recruiting coordinator? Chris, you're guessing what, four? Yep.
0: Was Josh? It three.
1: Three. Zach? Uh, I don't know, six. Zach is money. If we're including Mike Norvell, who has uh, experiences recruiting, Uh, six, six, six coaches. Woodson was Auburn's David Johnson, Alex Atkins, Chris Thompson, and John Papuchis and Mike Norvell. Clearly something that he uh, clearly something that coach Norvell values. Uh, When we had Todd Graham on the podcast about a month or so ago, he talked about that being a big part of his evaluation and then puts guys that he thinks are promising in that role.
0: Recruiting coordinators are another way you can look at that title is relationship builders. And for FSU hiring a staff where you don't have a ton of natural inroads with state of Florida and such, you need guys who are comfortable in their skin of dealing with developing relationships. I think you see that. I think even the off field uh, with coach Lachlan, I think you kind of see a person who's very comfortable in that role with building high school relations. So I think just another point about Mike Norvell that he's a guy that he wants to have people that are very open to people, very open to our policy, very comfortable walking into a room, getting to know somebody, and truly going out of their way to get to know them. All right, Nia, I'm, I'm glad you
1: started warming up there because we're going to need you to go in a very knee-like, uh, organized attack here. The other the other news item I wanted to talk about before we get into recruiting is the 2020 schedule. It was released on
0: Wednesday. Christopher, do, do your thing. 12 games, 13 weeks. It's a one-by season, unlike last year. The longest football season ever was last year. FSU kicks off September 5th in Atlanta against West Virginia. They open with three consecutive non-conference games. West Virginia come home to host Sanford, then fly out to Boise. They get their bye week, week four, right after Boise. A lot of people are like, oh, that's really early. And, you know, they then end up playing eight straight ACC games before concluding with Florida at home at the end of the year. But apparently, according to Packer and Durham, who unveiled the schedule for the ACC yesterday, FSC requested the bye week to be after that long trip back from Boise. So there's benefits and there's negatives to it. Obviously, uh, you know, nine games, I'm sorry, eight games in nine weeks or no, nine games in 10 weeks is a lot to ask at the back end of the schedule. They actually don't play two consecutive road games in back-to-back weeks because of the bye week. They go to at Boise, and then they come off the bye and go to at NC State. But everything else is either home-home or home-away-home. Home. Down the stretch, a uh, couple you know, things. Clemson, team that can compete for a national title, comes to Tallahassee on October 10th. Homecoming this year is BC on November 14th. They play a Thursday game at Syracuse on November 19th, just five days after the BC game, so obviously very short rest in the Dome up there, but it does give them a longer period of career for Florida at the back end. On Halloween, they host Pitt, first time in ACC, that those two teams will be playing in Tallahassee as ACC opponents. First time in about 35 years that Pitt will be coming to Tallahassee. So, uh, you know, FSU hasn't played Pitt since a certain guy played his first game at quarterback for James! FSU. Yeah, up there. So it's been some time. That was my first game covered at FSU. That's episode. about it. I mean, it, the schedule is sort of what it is. Who the hell knows how it's all going to play out at West Virginia or versus West Virginia and Atlanta in the Chick-fil-A game will be an interesting opener. Two teams that, you know, didn't do particularly well last year. I think FSU is better at those two, but we're also dealing with a new coach in Tallahassee. So we shall see at Boise is going to be a litmus test early in the year. And then how they respond off the bye with NC State on the road in Raleigh on October 3rd is going to be an important kind of kicking off the ACC part of the schedule. Damn, that was impressive.
1: You guys got anything to add on the schedule before we uh, we take our commercial break and get into the recruiting nitty gritty? No, I didn't think so. All right. No, no, nothing. Nothing. Sorry, Zach. Nothing. We're moving on. Taking a quick commercial break and then we have a bunch of recruiting stuff to get to. All right, welcome back to On the Bench Recruiting. uh, We have official visits to talk about. We have uh, an announcement, uh, a commitment announcement to go over. We have Junior Day, as mentioned, and just some recruiting trail nuggets in general. Uh, Zach, I'm going to ask you to start us off with Corey Wren. Uh, He's uh, committing to one of five programs on Sunday. Uh, Let's see, the five programs are Oklahoma, Oklahoma State, TCU, Louisville, and FSU. Do you have a crystal ball now? Did we get that fixed, Zach? And, and if so, uh, is it on Corey Wren?
2: Yeah, yeah, I got that. Or uh, You guys helped me out, get that fixed last week. All right. Um, and yeah, and I put in a crystal ball. That was my first crystal ball, um, you know, when I got it back. So I think FSG has a really, really good shot with Corey Wren. Um, you know, originally he planned out, out of official visit on Saturday or Sunday, he told us he was going to commit on signing day. Um, and then I was hearing he, he was starting to push it back a little bit. He said, um, I heard from a couple of sources close to him that he was going to push it back to maybe next Friday. And then that, that got pushed, uh, you know, even more forward to Sunday. So I, I think that's only greater news for Florida state coming off this official visit, his last official visit, um, on his docket so like I said I think he's a big a big time addition um, real real, real deal track kid 10-4-1 is his, his, uh, his 100th time going into his senior season in track so I think he's going to be a big time addition for, um, for this class if they can the, pull him
0: the 247sports.com crystal ball now reads 90% for the Seminoles with Corey Wren so it's pretty clear that the people believe he's coming to Tallahassee
3: Oh, there's a little bit of a knee push going on in the in, behind the scenes. The there, knee too. bump.
1: Who is the? I first? don't know what you guys are talking Who's about. Who was the first person to put in a crystal ball for Corey Run? It's What's all right. You're topic? wrong, you're not right. I don't understand. I was it's
0: right okay, all along. It was one Brendan Sinone. We'll <laughs> throw a party for you later.
1: Sometimes you just need to use logic. He's taking an official visit. never mind. I don't want. That's why people don't like me. <laughs> Oh, there's reasons. But do we want to get into an evaluation? What was that, Zach? Were you going to talk shit? Nothing. All right. That's what I thought. <laughs> be nice to the child. I mean, he's, not a, he's the oldest one here. Do we want to do an evaluation of Corey Run's game now, or do we want to wait until maybe you after? Let it
3: be official. You don't we want to jinx it, Brandon.
1: All right. All right. Trail nuggets. There are all sorts of juicy nuggets on the trail right now that we want to talk about. Josh, you put up one right before we started recording the podcast on Malachi Weidman. Uh, please go ahead and share what, what Weidman scoop you have and maybe give us an evaluation of like what you think that means for Florida state. Hmm. Yeah.
3: Four star wide receiver, Florida state commitment, Malachi Weidman, um, is getting ready to hit hit his next official visit. Originally he was planning to go to Oregon on Friday and Florida state was going to do their in-home visit with him on Thursday night. But that changed. Weidman instead will leave for Oregon today since it's a cross-country trip. He'll probably arrive in Eugene Thursday night and then start his official visit on campus on Friday. So Ron Dugans went in home with Weidman last night. It was only Ron Dugans. I was told they met for over an hour. A source told me, quote, it went great. It was good to sit down and talk to him and just hear about all the moves that are being made. Malachi is excited about that. There's also other news, and this comes as a change to his official visit schedule. We reported on Knowles 24-7 a week ago that Weidman's January visit schedule would go Tennessee, Oregon, and then FAU. He went to Tennessee last week. He's about to get on a plane to Oregon as we tape this. And instead of FAU, I've been told this morning that Ole Miss will get his final visit. Um, In addition to that, I also learned and Ole Miss will be his fifth and final visit. I also learned that Mike Norvell offensive coordinator, Kenny Dillingham and Ron Dugans are expected to do an in-home visit with Weidman next week. Um, That'll be FSU's final in-home visit with Weidman before he makes his final decision on February 5th signing day. There's also been, there's also been a lot of questions on the message board about basketball and basketball recruiting. And just moments ago, I got a reply back from somebody that would know somebody, the same source that I used in this story. But I said, have any team sent a hoops coach to visit this month? And I was told, no, they haven't. So I think that's, that's kind of telling,
1: right? So you're reading into that is him maybe focusing on, on football over basketball. I mean, if you
3: got football coaches coming in day after day, doing in-home visits with you, this is a decision being based, being based off of football.
1: Okay. No, it makes sense. It's interesting. His recruitment's been different, interesting. It's adding a little trauma. I don't know. It, I'm, I'm here for Can I get it. something off my
3: chest, Brendan?
1: Yeah, sure. I don't think Malachi
3: Weidman's going to sign with Florida State. I just you know, don't know where to push the ball. I
1: didn't think he was going to sign with them back on early signing period when he didn't sign. Like uh, did, He wasn't committed anymore in my mind. When you don't sign during the early signing period, yeah. like you're
3: well, I specifically you're not asked if I could take him off the commitment list. And I was told, no, um, that he is committed and to leave him on. So, yeah, we did we did kind of try to address
1: that. but That's fine. I can say it on there. It feels very hollow right now. But FSU still the interesting part is FSU still still uh, clearly interested and committed in pursuing him. And that's the interesting part of this. So we'll we'll see. The other thing is I have no clue where he's actually going to end up if he doesn't I, end up in I, I Tallahassee. Like I'm going to put the crystal ball in for FAU, hmm. even though he's not visiting there anymore. He doesn't need to. He knows what Willie Taggart's all about.
3: Yeah, that's that's kind of my predicament. I would change his crystal ball right now because I, I don't feel like it's going to be FSU, but I don't I have no idea where to change it. Uh, but I'm I'm kind of thinking Oregon might make a run here, but I'm going to wait and see. Talk to his peeps after uh, after this weekend.
1: Wasn't Oregon always kind of the one that was like lurking in the shadows even yeah. before the last month or so? Like that was kind of uh, Auburn and Oregon. Auburn and Oregon, yeah. So it would make sense that they're still kind of in it. Uh, if he's going out there to check it out, that, that makes sense. Uh, Zach, please help us bring some maturity to this podcast. Take us out of this tailspin. You've had a couple of uh, of scoops the last few mornings. Uh, just catch up the, the listeners who maybe haven't uh, checked out the scoops yet. Just some of the, the recent activity on the recruiting trail for Florida State with mostly 2021, 2022
2: kids. Yeah, I guess I'm going to start off um, just with one 2020 thing that we confirmed earlier in the week and that was that Daleville, Alabama running back Jalen White was going to cancel his official for this upcoming weekend. And I just mm-hmm. point that out because I think that's an indication that they feel good about where their running back room currently stands. Um, you know, with LaDamian Webb pulling the trigger last Saturday and the potential addition of Corey Ren on Sunday. I think, um, you know, bearing uh, someone we'll get into later in the podcast, um, five-star talent. I, I don't think you know running back's a huge necessity now going into signing day. You know, I think they've squared away some some of their needs at that position, um, and that's that's basically the only 2020 thing I know. Um, maybe just um, watch out for some potential visitors coming in next weekend uh, on the defensive side of the football. But we'll get into that. We'll 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 have stuff on those 24 um, seven later in the week about that for 2021. You know, a lot of guys have been confirming their intentions to be at Florida State this weekend for Junior Day. Um, we confirmed a couple of days ago that Milton, Florida, top two four seven defensive tackle Mark Robinson had plans to attend the Junior Day. Um, I think he's a he's a big time prospect. Um, not a guy that a lot of people have seen uh, just in our industry. So I'm I'm interested to see what he looks like when he when he arrives on campus in Tallahassee on Saturday. Um, and then also a couple more names I would note. um, yesterday we got confirmation that Georgia offensive tackle, Micah Morris, uh, is expected in this weekend. I think he's a big time talent. I think, uh, two, four, seven ranks him as like a top 50 prospect in the country. So, you know, I, I think those two guys are, are, are definitely guys to keep an eye on this morning. We also confirmed, um, graceville athlete, Xavier, sorry, is going to be here this weekend. Um, I I think he's the guy that Florida State must be in on. They must, you know, pursue just because he's so close to their, you know, where where they do business. I I think that he's a, he's a must need in this class. Obviously they're going to have to battle against the top programs, trying to come in and take him, like Alabama, Alabama was there to see him. I'm actually yesterday, Nick Saban came to his school. And I think, uh, the Florida Gators were over last week for his basketball game. So Definitely going to be a tough competition there, but that's that's pretty much the updates that I've gathered um, in this last week or so. couple of things to add to what Zach said.
0: Sorry, he's right. Bama and Florida definitely did two major players there along with FSU. Him and his family are very pro FSU, but obviously he's got programs that are competing at a higher level currently than FSU, chasing after him. He's been to Alabama several times, I believe. I think he's also been over to Gainesville a couple times. He's a very, very talented kid. He can kind of write his own check and play wherever he wants. He's got a lot of athleticism to him and a lot of abilities. He's a kid I went to see last spring, just dropped in on. He's worthwhile. You know, a lot of people don't go over to Graceville. It's right there near the border near Alabama over on Panhandle, even further west. So he's worthwhile. The one other thing I'd add about the junior day visit le- list is it's good to see about a half dozen high-level offensive linemen on there. It's uh-huh. a position where FSU needs to make inroads early, get a couple guys that can help him long-term. Micah Morris is an excellent example of that. But a guy like Caleb Johnson and Jake Slaughter, teammates at Trinity Catholic coming back in, those are guys that FSU's made a lot of inroads with, and we'll see if the staff transition, if it continues with FSU doing well with them.
1: And, and also- and, uh, real quick, with offensive linemen, uh, Amarius Mims is someone that Mike Norvell stopped in to see yesterday, five-star offensive tackle. I think Alabama, Georgia are going to be tough to, to kind of dethrone there for him, but FSU's at least trying to create some inroads. Uh, Kanaya Charlton from Brunswick, also South Georgia, had a uh, head coach JP check in on him yesterday. And I think Alex Atkins may be checking in on him too down the road. So, and he's a 2022 offensive lineman, huge kid, some SEC offers so far. So yeah, they're, they're planting a lot of seeds with big offensive linemen and maybe more importantly,
0: tackle type of guys too. Tons of DB talent, kind of always the norm with FSU. Amari Harvey's probably the most important of the bunch for many reasons he's very very talented first and foremost he's local and he's a guy that can be a big recruiter for you if you're able to get him into the class early on he's a guy that whenever a kid comes into town if he's able he can come over and recruit it's kind of like what we saw amari gainer do when he was a recruit and it's an important element to have to have that peer who can come in and kind of reinforce what coaches are telling a kid marquise rompson talented defensive tackle from the milton area west of tallahassee he's been to fsu before he's coming back over He's a kid whose ceiling is very, very high at a position where FSU is going to need multiple guys who can contribute pretty early in their career, defensive tackle. And then the last name I'd probably throw out is Brandon Jennings. He's Monster Jennings, Bradley Jennings from the late 90s, early 2000s, linebacker, his son. He is definitely one of the Jennings boys that is most built like his dad. He's an animal. He's awesome. He's an excellent player at Jacksonville Sandalwood. He's coming over. He's a kid that's going to have pretty much a who's who of the national teams after him. But you know the family's always been very pro FSU. They've also been pro Miami with his younger, or I'm sorry, older brother BJ going to Miami a couple years ago. Mm-hmm.
1: You remember watching? Uh, have you guys watched Jeff Sims play on ESPN earlier this year? Wasn't Jennings yeah, the Jennings makes plays and, every
0: time you watch he, him. He's he pops always out. near the ball. He's yeah. a very physical hitter. He creates turnovers. He's an aggressive, aggressive football player. Josh,
1: you're driving up to Tallahassee tomorrow. You'll be on the bench this weekend, all weekend, presumably just sleeping on it. Uh, What are your expectations for the junior day? And I guess what are things that you're looking for as we try to kind of evaluate and and frankly judge the the new staff and how they handle the the younger uh, underclassmen recruits? Well,
3: I'm not going in with any expectations because my expectations are the junior visitor day list. And if That comes to fruition, then I think it's going to be a great day. But more importantly, um, because of the state of Florida State recruiting and where they're at and having come from, I'm not expecting a lot of fireworks. Um, I'm not expecting um, a lot of movement on the board. I just think that this is the first step in in that direction uh, because Florida State has a lot to prove on and off the field, and it's going to take some time but getting these kids on campus for junior day tells me that there's a good chance that we could see some of these guys back for spring practice or summer camp. And that's kind of the, the trend that I want to see. Do they just come in for the, for the January junior day, and then we never see them again, or is this the start of a long recruitment for a lot of important prospects?
1: Zach, what say you kind of similar question, like what are expectations and you've already seen the staff work uh, based on the official visit this, this past weekend, but I'm curious to get your thoughts on, on what you're looking for this weekend, any crystal balls or anything like that going on.
2: Yeah, I guess going in, I'm just kind of looking at how they manage, um, you know, big number of recruits coming in because when we saw them last weekend, they only had what five visitors or six, including some underclassmen, but you know, I think, I think they had enough staff to manage that, even if they, they were disorganized if you want to call it, but I just want to see how organized it is, how structured the, the day is just with all these guys coming in. Um, and I think that'll give a good indication for how this staff manages these type of events. And then as far as like crystal balls and stuff, um, I put in a crystal ball for Amari Harvey to FSU. I don't think that's something that's eminent um, at this point, just based on talking to some people yesterday. Um, but I think down the line, that's definitely a possibility. I think FSU leads right now, but uh, UF is definitely in there and some other schools might try and uh, make a push for him uh, down the line. So that's one that I would note. And then also just um, another priority guy that I don't, I don't think we mentioned before is um, John Paul Catholic uh, defensive back, Terry on Arnold. He's a local kid. Um, and he's a guy that kind of emerged on the scene last year. He was at Florida high before but um, big time school started to offer, you know, he's got, he had Nick David at his school yesterday. So he's definitely got some big time programs after him. I just think that Florida state needs to make a good impression this weekend with him as well.
1: I'm with you, Zach. Like I'm, when we come back and do the podcast next week, I'm interested to hear all your thoughts on how efficiently things run. Uh, It was really impressive last week, the way they were organized and, I kind of compared to like it was like very well choreographed, like a choreographed dance where guys were coming in and out of the building and getting recruits in and out on time. It was very efficient. Uh, but this is going to be a different animal, obviously, with it being the junior day. and How many guys in here are we expecting to
0: be here roughly? Two to three dozen. Yeah. Right now.
1: So this will be different. And that was something that to me emerged with the previous staff uh, where these big days often seemed kind of overwhelming for them. Uh, and and that was a red flag for me within a year into the, the Tiger tenure. Was seeing how discombobulated it was at times. So this is going to be important to, uh, I think, the the fan base to to hear how his staff operates.
0: Yeah, and what's the personal touch that Mike Norvell and his staff put on a junior day? Yeah, it'll be interesting. A, a lot of it's going to be standard practice. Inform a kid about the program position coach, position meetings, maybe some kids will sit down with Norvell, I'm sure. But what's kind of the thing that makes this staff different than the last staff and Jimbo staff and the staffs, you know, at other schools, what do they do that maybe helps a kid have a lasting memory from this, you know, four five, six hour period, they're going to be on campus on Saturday. All right. And, and coinciding with that, which adds an extra di-
1: dynamic to this is that there's also official visits. Now, right now, we have two confirmed as, as Zach mentioned earlier, Jalen White was a three-star running back from Alabama, was scheduled to official visit. Uh, well, you want me to wrap it up? No. Uh, okay, go
0: ahead. You, you, well, no, time. I was, I was going to hop in after Jalen White went oh, okay. out. Uh, I, didn't he, read, I didn't read your body language sorry, very he, well. He wasn't doing this weekend a little bit of house cleaning, just thought of it, talking about Jalen White and official going off. Gilbert Edmond is a defensive end. He was doing the 31st. Mm-hmm. That's no longer happening. FSU actually went in home with him earlier in the week. He told me it went well. But they did not offer at that time, did not indicate that an offer was coming, so he jumped on his USF offer and committed. At this point, he's not planning to take any more visits, so he's another guy that's off the schedule. Similar to Jalen White, I think it's a matter of communicating of our board doesn't have you at the forefront of it. Probably better for you to view other options as your best options or to go pursue other options. So I just, Jalen White triggered that in my head. Okay. Yeah, we so we, we did skip over Edmund.
1: It. He was on the script. I'm glad you mentioned it. Uh, although you threw me off and, and maybe our listeners too, based on the timing of it. But uh, I do like the way they operated with, with Jalen White uh, it's reminiscent. We saw that with Jeff Sims very early on, that there was a lot of transparency and clarity. Uh, as, as Zach mentioned, though, it also probably shows what they think they're getting at the running back board and what they like, what they have right now. The two names that we currently have confirmed for official visits uh, Darian Williamson, a uh, three-star athlete, currently a Tennessee commit. He's from Tennessee. He's being looked at as well, a wide receiver. And uh, and then his teammate, Marcus and Douglas, I spoke to Darian, and he said that Marcus in, who's a, a very much so a developmental tight end slash defensive end prospect. Uh, who wants to take it on those two guys and kind of explain what we're what we're looking for?
0: Well, I'll jump in. FSU's is due by today. The head coach told me he thought Kenny uh, Dillingham was coming by to see those guys. I don't know if there will be other members of the staff. Uh, Coach uh, Johnson's been heavily involved with those guys dating back to his time at Tennessee. Williamson, Tennessee commitment, athletic, probably a receiver at the next level. To me, he's always been kind of a backup plan to if Weidman you know, goes elsewhere. And that's not to say they wouldn't take him and Weidman, just that he's a guy that became more of a target because of Weidman's situation. Douglas, basketball kid, didn't play football in high school until this year, I believe. It's the only year in high school he played. I believe he played in eighth grade, if I recall correctly, from our first conversation. Michigan State's involved there. Kansas is involved there. Les Miles was actually by the school this week. Um, he's a developmental guy, but, you know, they're looking at a guy like Carl Tucker as an inline blocker. To me, Douglas is a guy that gives you more years with sort a of similar body. Actually, a better body, truthfully. He's a little taller, a little bigger, probably has a little bit more in a tank.
1: There's more upside and, and some receiving potential, too, given the frame. Body talk with Chris Nee.
0: Yeah, I was going to let it go. At least he didn't say something about
1: sexy <sighs> pools this time. <laughs> It's a new segment. The Sexy... Do you think we get that sponsored? Sexy Pool Talk with Chris Knee? And you just talk about things that you think are sexy? Chris wants to punch me right now. No, I want to <laughs> throw you through the window. <laughs> <you're not laughs> i well, getting angry with
0: you. I can't wait for the day we record me actually throwing you through the window. <sighs> I was trying to think of a way to make money. On, on <laughs> read, <laughs> my read that is- body language, Brendan. <laughs>
1: Josh, do you want to talk about the big news that developed yesterday involving a five-star running back?
3: Yeah, we had a, a report from Steve Wilfong. Um, he kind of came in and does what Wilfong does. He dropped a Fong bomb, fong bomb. <laughs> and, uh, updated us kind of out of nowhere. He let, he gave Chris and I about a, a 30 minute heads up, but he had just, um, got some scoop on five-star running back Zachary Evans out of Houston. Um, He's at North shore high school. And this weekend he's going to decide between either Tennessee or Florida state for an official visit destination. Um, He's slated on the last official visit weekend um, to go to Florida, LSU and Texas a and M both got official visits during the fall. And um, it's kind of been a wild ride. We've talked about Evans before on the podcast. I don't want to get FSU fans too fired up until he's actually on campus. But if he does make it on campus, it's going to be something that we follow closely. We'll definitely keep you guys updated as we hear more. Um, Will Fong is on top of it. He broke the news on the site, and he'll continue to keep us updated on whether or not five-star running back Zachary Evans makes it to Tallahassee.
0: I don't know how to feel. Like uh, ever since he delivered the news, I was just kind of like, you yeah, know, I get it. He's super talented. He's also got red flags, which well, have been can, documented. Can you? Yeah, can you professionally talk about? He the, There's questions. He had that. altercations with his high school coach and was suspended on multiple occasions during his high school season due to issues. Is that why Georgia kind of – did Georgia say no to him? I don't know definitively why Georgia moved off it. They just did, and when they did, they were done. Like it's not one of those where it's like wait and see. They moved off and they were done. The relationship was severed. His letter he was released from or they didn't submit it, therefore it did not matter. He
1: had the weird All-Star Game interview. I remember Zach Zach texting us saying that was really,
0: really awkward. FSU is not in a position to turn away elite talent. It's not like FSU is not taking guys who had red flags before and had success with those guys. And those guys have figured it out along the way. So I'm not saying they should steer clear. It just was weird yesterday when that came about, I'll admit that my reaction was like, I get it. I'm not sure. I love it. You know, kind of a ping pong match in your head. Well,
1: one thing and I had kind of a similar reaction when, when we saw the, the text pop up, um, It doesn't hurt to get him in for an official if you do, right? Like, you're kicking the tires, you're learning about him, you're spending this time with him over the weekend to maybe see if that, like, taking him in for the official, in theory, doesn't really hurt.
0: Yeah. And the official gives you a chance to judge in person, do you feel comfortable if this is a player that's part of your program, that it's beneficial to your program in every which way, not solely based only on, man, he's super talented.
1: I will be interested to see if he does come to Florida State for an official, and if that materializes into FSU possibly getting a five-star recruit. You know, the the, the large sentiment of the fan base yesterday was, "Oh man," like kind of like the same reaction you had. I think once people start looking at the huddle, and if that becomes a reality, like you start getting a little more intrigued. The bottom line, Florida State needs athletic players; they need playmakers. Uh, they're desperate for them. You're losing Cam Akers. Uh, this clearly, it's a position that's a priority for Mike Norvell. We've talked about, talked about and documented how they use running backs. I don't have any issue with you exploring a kid that maybe has some red flags and, and taking a gamble on it if he's that type of talent. And It seems like he is. Yeah. So, so, yeah, I think I nailed that. All right. All right. <laughs> um, I think we're done here, right? Is is there anything else that we're missing from a very, very wide selection of recruiting news to go over?
0: Anything else, guys? There are two basketball official visits.
1: No one cares. No one cares. Josh,
0: Zach, help us, please. Sorry. It's a program that's thriving. All right. (laughs) Nothing. Did Josh and Zach die? I don't know.
1: Are we still recording? (laughs) (laughs)
3: <laughs> yeah, he lost me, but I'm good. I'm just ready to get up to Tallahassee, guys. Let me I'll know when see I.
2: Can I'll see road. you guys this weekend. All with right, on the bench. This is I got Josh
1: Newberg, <laughs> Zach Blostein, Chris <laughs> stick Sticking the landing, five star reviews if you want. I don't care.
3: Four hours with me and the Mind of Sinone will be the new spinoff podcast. It's just me asking Sinone questions. Sometimes I let him answer the question. Sometimes I just keep asking him questions. (laughs)